I, I think the industry has kind of shifted direction in terms of the whole emotional kind of uh, approach towards marketing and 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 like creating products because I think specifically in the automotive industry there was this huge focus um, in the last uh, maybe decade of statue comparison like you know even if you look at old car marketing and old car branding it was all about zero to 60 times and like feet like like a hard stats and like numbers and stuff like that and once you get into that game it becomes hard to compete with like just amongst brands to like keep constantly one-upping like each other and i think mm-hmm. that, that the whole market especially from what i've noticed in the last couple of years is that they've switched into delivering products rather than stats and like performance indicators Rather than being like, oh, our car gets this, does this, or like does that, it's like our car has this like a like a massive engine that makes like a ton of noise. Like, what more do you want from like our brand? Like, you know, who cares about like Miles Brian? Who cares about like that kind of stuff? All right, everyone, welcome back to the Branding Deep Dive podcast. If you are new here, this is a podcast where we have in-depth discussions about what brands are doing well and how you can take those principles and apply them in your own brand. Today, we have with us uh, Yasser Mushtaq, who is our... Guys. Uh, he's the guest that's been on the podcast the most number of times. So you have the award for that, the Guinness Book of World Records for Branding Deep Dive podcast. You are number one. Hey, so congratulations on that. Else, huh? What was that? <laughs> so that just means you couldn't find anyone else, huh? No, no. Yasser is our resident car expert, right? So Yasser, anytime we have something to do with uh, car brands or anything like that, we, we reach out to Yasser because uh, number one, he is uh, an engineer by trade. What kind of engineer are you? Uh, electrical engineer. He's an electrical engineer. He's super into cars. Uh, he's super into Formula One. And the other the other piece is like you have spent some time and you are familiar with graphic design, uh, branding, uh, marketing, that kind of stuff. So uh, you have a unique perspective that not a lot of people may necessarily have. So it's not that we couldn't find anyone else. We we do we do have <laughs> a reason for bringing you on. Uh, and so today, why you are on in particular in this episode is because you are the biggest Porsche fan I know. Uh, and I know a couple. I would say you're up there. And there's an article that came out in the Detroit Free Press that was sent to me. And my first thought was, let me send this to Yasser. So uh, the article is titled, Dodge Ties Porsche as Most Appealing Brand. So Yasser, I know I sent this to you. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to you real quick. What are your thoughts on this article? What is the article saying first off for the audience that may not be familiar yeah. with it? And uh, then let's go from there. So uh, JD Power Associates did like a survey on uh, on uh, like car appeal. And they uh, surveyed 100,000 owners after 90 days of ownership of you know various brands and vehicles. And... Um, they asked them to complete surveys and like the whole, all the questions weren't really like available to us, but some basic stuff, like how do you feel when you get, when you climb into the driver's seat? How do you feel when you step on the accelerator? Stuff like that. And just based off that uh, Dodge and and, uh, and Porsche or Porsche, depending on how um, conceited you want to sound, um, tied, which surprising considering that Dodge is, you know, just like an American, like, you know, uh, brand and Porsche's the, luxury sports vehicle uh, brand. So definitely like interesting, caught my eye. And uh, so like uh, apparently Chima's as well. And I guess initial thoughts were that um, it was eye-catching, but after a second thought, it was like, that makes sense, right? Because um, 
Dodge has has completely changed the way that they kind of like have marketed their vehicles in the last couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, compared to the rest of their portfolio, FCA, Stellantis, whatever it is now, um, they've changed the way that they kind of market their vehicles in the sense that it's all targeted around like sports cars, you know, like the image of like the old school muscle car. I mean, if if you go on the Dodge website right now, you have four cars, the Charger, Challenger, um, Ram. Their, the Durango and like their, whatever their truck. And yeah, the, the, common theme, yeah, the common theme is they all have what they all have like obnoxiously, like, you know, big engines, you know, they're just appealing to like the lowest common denominator of like, how can we, how can we deliver in a, like a fun experience at like a affordable cost? And so mm. although initially it was kind of surprising when, when you put a little bit of thought into it, like makes sense. So I don't know, like, what were your thoughts? That's interesting. You said that. And even the way you phrased it, I think it's super, uh, it, it highlights the point here, right. And the lesson that we can take. And so let me, uh, back up a little bit before I get into my thoughts. Um, I'm not really a car guy. I just, uh, invite you on to talk about the car stuff. So, um, one thing that is interesting is that the, you know, a brand is something that is intangible. Like you can't touch and feel a brand, right? It's, it's, it lives in the customer's head, right? It's something that it's the perception that your target audience has about, you know, a set of products or services. And immediately what's, what's, you know, caught me off guard is that Porsche is a brand where you have these, this perception, at least for me, that is like, it's, a little bit out of reach. Uh, it's expensive. It's luxury. And then to see Dodge in there in the same sentence is, is pretty shocking, right? Because Dodge is something that is within reach, at least the perception that I have, right? And that may not be the case now with all their like, you know, crazy engines and stuff like that. But it does still, because of that, uh, I would say like heritage, uh, it does have that feeling where it is one of our brands, you know, like especially in Detroit, it's one of our companies, right? And so, uh, one thing that I will say is that, you know, how you can influence the perception that the customer has of your brand is through a number of touch points, right? So, what are those touch points? There's there are pre-purchase touch points, which is advertising, marketing, that kind of stuff. There's purchase touch points, how you actually make the purchase process. I have two friends that recently bought Dodge cars. And they said that, you know how, like I bought, last time I bought a car was in 2018 and I got a stack of papers and he had to sign them. And you know what I mean? He said that the purchase experience was unique and that they gave him his keys and then they gave him a USB mm. and the USB had all the papers in it. And he's mm. like, oh, is that it? Right. Like, and so that's something that he told me about, right. That's word of mouth that was generated because it's a different purchasing experience. Mm-hmm. Now you may think that's something small, but in the brand and the perception of your customer's head, how far does that actually go, right? I think it's hard to actually put value on these things, but it is valuable, right? And so that's purchase and there's post-purchase, right? Which is customer service, how long your warranty is, stuff like that. And so one of the things that's interesting is that you're saying that they've worked specifically on changing their perception from being whatever they were before to more of like a, a, you know, what you described as like a toy, company, right? Like uh, you're making toys for people that are into cars. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. um, before we actually get into that, I want to ask you, so these touch points that they, uh, 
the JD Power and Associates actually used in the survey, do you think those are valid touch points to assess brand value or is that kind of, are they, is that a stretch? Um, no, I, I don't think so because they're trying to, again, from what I understand, they're trying to gauge the emotional interaction that a customer has with the vehicle. Right. And just from that, that, that presents a level of difficulty because it is, it, it is, um, uh, you know, very hard to like pinpoint, but even just looking at, at the couple of dimensions I mentioned too, right. So like specifically they said, um, sense of comfort you feel when climbing into the driver's seat to like acceleration when they get, when they step on the accelerator. Um, and, and they do definitely measure as well. Um, even the pre-purchase stuff as well, because one of the brands that actually ranked number one was Tesla. They didn't include it in the final results because of some reason, but, you know, if, if you look at even Tesla, I'll mention some other cars that were on like the list as well that were high on there. Um, BMW 4 Series, Ford Bronco Sport, Mustang Mach-E, Genesis G80. So these are all like vehicles that 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 are have hit the market like pretty recently. And, you know, a lot of these companies have spent a lot of time in cultivating like like a like a the whole pre-purchase like kind of like image desire. Yeah, yeah exactly. Of of these like marquees. And so I I think they're very like accurate in terms of how they how they collect that response and, and the the feedback that they've gotten. It makes sense, mm. right? Um and the reason why I say this is because when you see the cars that 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 have ranked high on the list, it like it makes sense. It makes sense because these are companies, these these are brands and companies that that they've spent a lot of money and effort into like focusing on, on those specific products. So I, I think another important point that you just brought up is that, you know, brand is something that is intangible as we've touched on before, but these experiences and people's reaction to those experiences, uh, that is probably one of the, the best ways to actually gauge those touch points, right. And see how effective your actual product is and creating that experience for the customers. So I just wanted to quickly touch on that, but yeah, please continue. Yeah, no, I, I mean, um, it's also interesting to note that um, I, I think the industry has kind of shifted direction in terms of the whole emotional kind of uh, approach towards marketing and, and, and like creating products, because I think specifically in the automotive industry, there was this huge focus um, in the last uh, maybe decade of stat sheet comparison. Like, you know, even if you look at old car marketing and old car branding, it was all about zero to 60 times and like feet, like, like hard stats and like numbers and stuff like that. And once you get into that game, it becomes hard to compete with like just amongst brands to like keep constantly one upping like each other. And I think that, that the whole market, especially from what I've noticed in the last couple of years, is that they've switched into delivering products rather than stats and like performance indicators. But rather than being like, oh, our car gets this, does this, or like does that, it's like our car has this like a like a massive engine that makes like a ton of noise. Like, what more do you want from like our brand? Like, you know, who cares about like miles per gallon? Who cares about like that kind of stuff? Which is why I mm. think like brands like Tesla and like, uh, you know, Dodge have, have climbed to the top is because no one, like, for example, if I mentioned the idea of like, oh, like a Tesla, people don't really think about like some specific like horsepower number or like this or that. It's just like, dude, it's a Tesla or like, dude, yeah. it, it's, it's a, it's a no, no, like, You know what it is? You know, like there's two things, right? Number one, I care about the environment. Number two, yeah, yeah. I'm rich. Right, like, <laughs> that's what you're signaling to the world, right? Like, exactly. uh, in, in one of our, like, I, I think what you're kind of 
explaining is if you look at even in the beginning when the you remember those Mac versus PC ads? We've actually done an mm-hmm. episode on the Intel new Intel ads. So check that out if you haven't seen it. But like in those episodes or in those ads, what they really focused on was like, this is the personality of a Mac user, mm. right? Someone that uses a Mac is like this. They're chill. They're down to earth. They're calm, cool, composed. They're not too worried about anything. Like, And they're creative, right? And so what it sounds like you're explaining is that the car industry is moving away from uh, like what PC was doing. And uh, I think even today, like a lot of the, um, uh, you know, the Samsung and these other products, like they do rely a lot on the stat sheets. Whereas like Apple is like, Hey, it's there. Like they'll show you that stuff, but like no one buys an iPhone for that. <laughs> I mean, like you're buying an iPhone cause it's a statement and it shows, Hey, I'm part of this Apple tribe. You mm-hmm. know? Like the same thing with, it sounds like you're saying with uh, Dodge, right? I think, Porsche, these elite car brands, we've all, they've always had that, right? Like Ferrari, dude, I, I was reading, not reading. I watched a video yesterday where they're explaining Ferrari is like Ferrari. There's such an insane process to getting a Ferrari. So like most car yep. dealerships, like you go into the Ford dealership and uh, you, you want to focus cause it's cheap. They'll try to upsell you on a fusion or escape or whatever. Mm. Ferrari, on the other hand, you go in the dealership, you want a certain uh, product, they'll try to downsell you. They're like, hey, you can't actually get this yet. <laughs> you got to yeah, get this one yeah. first and prove your Ferrari loyal. Then the other thing is like they have limited edition releases, right? Uh, and by the time they release them, so like, uh, for example, Tesla has, they announce a product and you can reserve mm-hmm. your products. Ford did this with the Bronco, that with the F-150 Lightning. Uh, a lot of people are doing this. They announce a product and you can reserve it. So Ferrari, when they announce a product, it's already, there's no reservations. It's already sold out. Like most, like I think pretty much all the time. And there's already like a wait list. And there's like a pretty extensive process you have to go, like a vetting process. You got to show up at Formula One events. You got to like be at the Ferrari events and like network and make mm. yourself known in those circles for you to actually earn a Ferrari. <laughs> and then you got to pay those millions of dollars. When you buy a Ferrari. Exactly, exactly. And so I, what I'm trying to highlight is that I think these exclusive brands have already understood this, right? That like, hey, we are trying to create a symbol for your personality. And your this car ownership is more than just you having a nice fancy car that goes fast. This is a statement of who you are in society. And Ferrari, mm-hmm. I think, has nailed it down. So it sounds like what you're saying is Dodge is also taking a of course, not the same level, right? Like they're not mm-hmm. constricting supply artificially and stuff like that. But like um, they are taking a page out of that playbook and understanding let's shift our marketing and let's shift our messaging towards, hey, this is our brand essence. This is who we are. We, we like fast cars. We're going to put in as much horsepower as we can get. It's going to be a fun driving experience uh, and, and it'll be relatively affordable. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can actually buy it. And so I think that's... Uh, Really interesting point. I, I didn't actually know that, but uh, thanks for sharing that, Yasser. Anything else? Any other thoughts? Um, no, I, I mean, it's you kind of uh, you know touched upon the specific thing about like the um, idea of other manufacturers having been done this before with delivering an experience or, or like you know delivering like sort of uh, selling you on the brand. What I want to ask you is like, do you think that Porsche like it would be best for, uh, or specific, no, sorry, Dodge. Do you think it would be best for them? And do you think it'd be wise for them to start charging more? Now, now that they have like 
like you know cultivated a brand and image do you think that they should start like charging more for that this guy yeah sir he took my question <laughs> so for some background for the audience who's listening first time we had yasser on this guy just kept asking too many questions i'm like bro i'm the host all right like you need to relax with that <laughs> um next time he was a lot better and he i think he held back a little bit because he was aware of that and now this time before we recorded i was like hey one of the things i want to ask is this question and then uh, i guess he's like he's, he saw a dull moment in the conversation he's like all right like i don't have anything else let me just throw this question in there so yeah just hey, for some podcast can be led so, by me at this point <laughs> shifting the the hosting powers but um one thing that i want to quickly mention for the audience is that when you have perceived value when your brand has perceived value um what that does is it creates uh an opportunity to actually you know, sell your products for more expensive, right? Like Porsche can sell products for probably like triple the price of one of these Dodges because there is perceived value, right? And the actual cost of production may be a little bit more expensive, but it's not as much as the the margins are there, right? And so, what well, do you have like a Dodge in the back there going off? <laughs> Actually, a Mustang. Funny you should mention <laughs> like WRX, but you know. Yeah, you can hear it, but um, the to answer your question, if I'm Dodge, uh, before we actually recorded this, I would have said yes, right? Like you can increase those margins and you can uh, maximize your profits that way. But now that we've discussed it a little bit more, my my opinion is actually leaning a little bit more towards not to do that because I think it takes away from part of their brand essence, which is it, it's still within reach. You know, like part of their identity is that, hey, like we are fun, but it is within reach, right? Like you can buy this for, uh, you know, like a middle-class person can get this. Whereas like some of these other brands like Porsche, uh, Ferrari, all this, like you can't get it unless you're part of the 1%, right? Like upper class, uh, really like you're, you're making a decent amount of money, right? And so I, I think it would take away from their brand identity. If, the, if that's what they want to do, I think they do have the brand value to do that, but I think it's not a smart move in the long run because uh, the tribe that they are cultivating right now, I don't think is would stick with them for that move. What are your thoughts? Um, no, man. Like I, I, hundred percent agree with you. I, I think the fact that they're still able to deliver that, ex- like whatever Porsche is offering at like a lower, you know, buy-in cost is like amazing. And um, definitely here for it, you know, Um, maybe less. So when I'm in Dearborn and all you hear is like scat packs and stuff, just like, you know, like (laughs) driving a really, like, I mean, (laughs) example right there. Uh, But no, generally speaking, I'm I'm definitely here for it. I I think it's, it's definitely, uh, it's interesting the way that they're approaching their whole brand and stuff like that. And um you see it even in, in their lower uh, models where even their less like, you know, top of line, like the regular V6, like cars are designed to look like they still deliver the same experience that their higher trim cars, you know, go for. And so now I'm all here for it. And I, I think as, as a last point that I kind of wanted to mention, I just remember like off the top of my head right now is that you see even like going, like I had mentioned, right? Ford Bronco, Mustang Mach-E kind of made that list as well. And um, one thing that's interesting about these cars that are higher up on on these lists is that 
they all kind of return to form and somewhere the other, right? But like, let's look at Porsche, right? They're true to like some, this, this experience is branded, like they make rear engine cars. Like if you look at even the design language, so similar across all the brands. You look, you look like a, you look at a Porsche 911 from 2021 to one from like 1975. They have the exact same design language, the exact same like engineering principles, the exact same like vehicle layout. And if you look at like Dodge right now, they're going after what the idea of old school American muscle, like big engine mm. in a car is designed to like, they're all, they all go back to like their roots. And I think that seems to like, you know, uh, resonate well with people in terms of what they're buying into. They're buying into something familiar. And I, I think this is a point we touched on in our, like uh, the Hummer, like EV and like the, the Maki episodes. I just, like that was kind of important. This is again an, another example of it. So, um, yeah, this is the last point that I kind of had. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I think main takeaways for the audience listening to this one is that number one, Dodge is pretty cool. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, number one, like bringing back to the audience and what what takeaways we have is that you know focus on creating those experiences uh, and really think about who your target audience is. Right. Like, I, I think what you just mentioned is really powerful is that you know, they understand that their audience is someone that wants that old school American muscle and they create an experience, which is, of course, from each touch point is a, you know, they're they're working on that experience, especially like purchase and all that stuff. But really the driving experience, right, like the they make it fun. And it's that is what is uh, highlighted in this uh, J.D. Power survey, right? Like the driving experience, they feel like it's a, it's a fun experience and they enjoy it. Uh, and it's up there with that experience, at least perception wise is up there with uh, the best of the best. So really focus on how you can create experiences for your customers. And that's a recipe for success, no matter what you're doing, right? Like understand who it is and what is the personality that you want to communicate for your brand too, right? Like they're creating these products that are fun to drive. Right, which is much different than some of these other brands that are, uh, you know, family-friendly car. Right, it's it's a different way you approach the marketing and and how you actually communicate your story and the messaging and all that stuff is totally different. And think about what it is, who you're trying to reach, and what is what are the wants and desires of those people, and how can you play a part in their story, right? And if you can do that, you know, like for in this example, for example, Dodge. Uh, the role that they play in that story is that like, look, I'm someone that likes old school American muscle. I want a car that's fast. It has a lot of horsepower. Uh, it's not necessarily, I don't care about fuel efficiency. You know what I mean? It has to look cool, look mean. Yeah. Right. And so this car serves that purpose and it shows, uh, you know, other people that are also like that. Hey, I'm, I'm a part of your, your community. So really interesting discussion. Yasser, thank you for taking the time. Appreciate no worries, you as man, always. I I appreciate you coming on to my podcast. You know, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll see you next time.